It's the week of Monday, February 23rd, 2009, and this is The Relevant Podcast. The Relevant Podcast is your audio companion to Relevant Magazine and the all-new RelevantMagazine.com. And improved, might I add. (laughs) That's true. It is quite improved. Uh, I'm Cameron Strang. Here with me in the studio in sunny Orlando, Florida is Maya Strang. Hello, hello. On the Skype interweb connection from Wellington, New Zealand is Adam Smith. Hello, everybody. Sunny Wellington, New Zealand, I might add. And Wait, we're in opposite hemispheres. How is this possible? It's sunny here. That means it has to rain there, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. I think that's how it works. I think that we've been having like sun flares or something. That's, it's global know. warming. <laughs> yeah. And uh, on the uh, uh, domestic interweb from Lover's Land, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. What, what's the weather update there, Jesse? <laughs> it, it is a brisk, I'd say about 40. Uh, pretty sunny today. Not a bad not a bad fall day or it's winter day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you were fall? Wellington, it'd be fall. It's yeah. spring here. Actually, I get my right hemispheres now, confused. It is the thick of summer right now. We have a, a cornucopia of entertainment in store for you today. We've got coming up... A live in-studio performance by Seabird, Relevant Favorites Seabird. And we have an interview with Cotton Jones, otherwise known as Michael Now. Uh, You may say, Cotton Jones, is that an indie sensation? Why, absolutely yes. Michael is the former lead singer of Paige France, and he is now going by Cotton Jones, and that interview is coming up later, so stay tuned for that. Makes me think of that awesome song from the early 90s. What? Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton Eye Joe, right? That's <laughs> if what I was saying. Been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd be married a long time ago. And Maya, I don't know if I'd call that an awesome song, but it was a song. <laughs> it certainly was a song. We'll give you that. <laughs> we all remember it, therefore, it's awesome. We also remember the Holocaust. Oh, but just because we remember it is not therefore the definition of it being awesome in a song inappropriate <laughs> okay let's see i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in i'm gonna flip the script and i'm gonna jump into the entertainment releases and then we'll break and we'll come back and do some slices how's that sure it's kind of old school kicking it like we used to we have very few options uh, coming out for you. Uh, music coming out tomorrow, Tuesday, February 24th. We've got the Black Lips with 200 million thousand. Hmm. Hmm. That would be two, tr- two trillion? No. Two. I don't know. 200. 200. What's a thousand? What's a three zeros plus, plus, past the trillion mark? What's that? <laughs> the what? stimulus package. Trillion or past the <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Timely. <laughs> All right. Uh, the movie release is coming out on Friday, the 27th. We've got Street Fighter, The Len- Legend of Chun Li. Or Chun Li. Wait a second. What? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that's a movie or a, like a like a Game Boy game? <laughs> I think a movie. And uh, and also coming out. Get your tickets now, folks. It's going to be sold out. Jonas Brothers: The 3D Concert Experience, Woo! starring Joe Nick and Kevin! Exclamation! 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 That was written by Chad. He's very excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Up next. A very important slices. I'm just trying to find my way back to the front. Got a lot on my mind. Gonna figure it out. I'm just trying to find my way back to the front. Got a lot on my mind. Gonna you're listening to Ruth. The song is Back to the Five. It's uh, out now, uh, playing this week right now on Relevant TV. It's uh, Tooth and Nail. It's our obligatory Christian selection this week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast, you, t- you heard uh, Q-Tip with Renaissance Rap. It's also playing right now over at Relevant.TV. All right. The reason why I say a very important, a very special slices is we have very concerned, very alert readers. This okay. week, uh, I got seven or eight Facebook emails. I got 10 to 12 regular emails, and I got five to seven Twitter direct messages, all alerting me to the same issue. I. I'll bet you it's the same one I have. Well, then, Adam, you you take it because I'm just saying our, our readers are concerned and we need to alert the rest of the readers well, out or listeners and, out and there. And they should be. They should be because this is uh, another sign of the impending chimpocalypse. <laughs> this um, is absolutely it. Take it away. Oh. Uh, yeah. Can I just say that I woke up this morning to check my Facebook and there was a link on my wall. No words, yeah. just the URL. And I clicked it and I knew. Your face melted. Yeah, exactly. I actually yeah. had some too on my Facebook. <laughs> Crazy yeah. people well, out there. I, I'm just happy that our our listeners are taking this seriously. <laughs> um, so it, it all happened with a, a chimpanzee named Travis, who's a, uh, a veteran of uh, TV commercials. So you would think that this uh, this guy knows how to behave. Right. Uh, it says in this story that Travis could eat at the table, drink wine from a stemmed glass use the toilet, and dress and bathe himself. Hey, can I stop um, right there for one sec, Adam? Yes, Jesse, you may. Because every story, every different article that I've read about Travis, which is, is probably around 40 or 47 at this point in the afternoon, each of them reveals more bizarre, unnecessary details. <laughs> like one, one says that the situation occurred because he wanted to go on a drive, one said that he was given a glass of tea shortly before this occurred. And one made sure to note that he had the ability to drink from a wine glass. I have no idea why these details are necessary, but each news outlet has uncovered another disturbing detail about the life of Travis. I'd like to yeah. add that my story, the one I printed out said he also brushes his teeth using a water pick. He likes to log onto the computer to look at pictures and watch in television using the remote control. Kids, kids, uh, you should not log on to the computer to look at pictures 
Well, you brushing know, your teeth with a water pick. If you know what I'm saying, because this is what happens. Uh, so, yeah, this uh, Travis evidently, I guess, discontent with his, his life of human-like luxury uh, decided <laughs> that's, to... Uh, that's like my life. <laughs> that's what I call my life. Yeah, a life of luxury? No, human-like human like like luxury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mine is very close to that. I uh, Strangely, mine is more like a life of chimp-like luxury. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to attack um, a chimp soon, I guess. Yeah. If, yeah, if you're going to go a yeah, rampage if, in the jungle. If I get the opportunity, I'll tell you what, it's vengeance. Turn about <laughs> this chimpanzee viciously mauled a friend of his owner before, wait for this, being shot to death by police. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but that's not that's not the whole thing. Oh, like no, in not. defense, the the woman like stabbed the monkey s- several times and pounded him with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> he bit both of her hands off, my story says. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah, he oh, bit both no, her hands off terrible. and the cop like, told me he just kept the, eating uh, her. Both of these people are in uh, <laughs> like critical condition. With I, we shouldn't be laughing at it, it's but horrible. I mean, just oh, in the no. context that we're talking about. I mean, for the last two weeks, we've almost exclusively been talking about <laughs> monkey rampages, and and the consequences of ra- raising a monkey as a human child. Yeah, well, it's it's a growing problem, and the thing is that the the terrifying thing is that there's just an undercurrent of it in the media. But no one has had the guts to come out in the media. It just shows you the, the cowardice of the mainstream media. No one has had the guts to come out and say, this is the major issue of 2009. Yeah. Where, where does Obama stand on monkey ownership? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Because it's like, frankly, I could care less about this stimulus package. Because what, what good is a robust economy going to do us if we're all murdered at the hands of... Uh, Hyperintelligent apes. And this happened in Connecticut. Who would have thought you'd get killed, almost killed by a chimpanzee in Connecticut? Well, have you ever been to Connecticut? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> it almost sent me yeah. on a rampage. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, Stanford is not only the insurance company capital of the world, it's also the uh, hyperintelligent, vengeful ape capital of the world. <laughs> so we should put together all of our plans to confine the monkeys and submit this to Congress. To Stanford, Connecticut's city commission. Yeah. The Chamber of Commerce. <laughs> it, it also brought up, by the way, that the uh, chimpanzee was fed steak, lobster, and ice cream. So really, this, this chimpanzee was eating better than me. Yeah. And he had uh, drinking wine from a stemmed glass. I'd like to bring up the fact that usually when I drink wine, it's from a plastic cup. Yeah. You're more of a Dixie cup guy. Or straight from the box. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It, it, the the sad part is that there's a lot of truth in that. <laughs> I, I wish I check Drudge Report frequently, and you know how when there's like a really hot story, it'll be like five links on the page. It'll be like dot 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 dot, like all these like revelations about the story. It was like you know, child or commercial monkey goes on rampage dot 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 wanted to go for a drive dot 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 <laughs> was on drugs <laughs> it was on drugs yeah it was on panics <laughs> wow because it had been acting panicky so they were trying to chill it out so i i didn't read all these stories so the lady was a random lady or was it related to her he had met her yeah. before but she was not his like normal owner she came over my story said that 
they she did recently change her hairstyle and the animal might have thought she was an intruder and therefore attacked I don't. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> that know. That is a bad haircut. <laughs> 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 well, it just it shows how people don't take this seriously enough because here we have this monkey who's uh, who's been pampered, taught to be a human. He's hopped, he's hopped up on God knows what drugs. <laughs> and uh, Pump full of lobster and steak. He's surfing yep. turfing every night. Exactly. Uh, my my story that I printed out also did say that the two commercials he was on was Old Navy and Coca Cola. So maybe well, we can Google those commercials and find a monkey in it. And oh, I, I think you guys will join me in a boycott. <laughs> <laughs> no more Coke or Old Navy. Hey, listen, babe. Those are those are just words to live by. No more Coke, Coke or Old Navy, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I think the world will be a better place. <laughs> That's true. I, I'm going to work tirelessly to find a link between all these factors, because I think that there's there's a mystery here to be unraveled. Uh, we've got he appeared in Coke and Old Navy ads. He was fed lobster and steak, drank wine. You know, I I think that there has to be some kind of common link that set him off. The bad haircut. I mean, every husband. You know, whose wife has come home with a bad haircut has gotten into trouble, or you know, some. So there's a conflict there, and obviously it escalated. Cameron, I think you're merely looking at the uh, the the momentary catalyst, right? Without delving into the deeper issues, it really uh, really brought this monkey situation to a head. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you uh, devoting your your time to to figuring this out so it can be avoided in the future. I think it's really yeah, funny. Yeah, I should probably tell you now the website's probably not going to be updated for a couple weeks while I'm working on this. <laughs> and you're going to need to send me a, a really high-end calculator as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm going to need a stronger computer. Maybe we could daisy chain some G5s together. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm doing some pretty intense algorithms to try to figure this thing out. I just see him wearing yeah. like a green visor and he's just there. The website just says down for monkey sabbatical. And yeah, it, it, it's got a, a little animated gif of a, a monkey with a shovel, like under construction. And, and the shovel I, is beating a woman. Ironically, he has a shovel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah it, it's, it is just a montage for like two weeks of Adam going, do, 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 like all sweaty with his sleeves rolled up, pacing around. Yeah. You have a map of the world with little thumbtacks <laughs> and yarn tied all together. <laughs> This reminds me of an episode of Doogie Howser for some reason. <laughs> well, it'll end with me entering my my conclusions into my journal. <laughs> I hesitate to even go on to the next slice because I feel I feel validated that we've been talking about this for several weeks, and then it happens. Well, here's the thing. I mean, whatever else we discuss should be heeded as a warning to humanity. So, you know, we, we simply, this came from a slice. And so I'm just saying that don't poo-poo your next slices because they, too, may come true in some larger fashion down the road. So... Yeah, they well, may end up becoming a, a horrifying cultural trend. Yes. Well, it, once once I read this next slice, you guys will pray that that is not the case. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, the economy has taken – it's taken its toll on a lot of people. What? But perhaps, perhaps no one more 
than the residents of uh, Frankfurt, New York. Uh, there, the area bowling alley owner showed up to work, and the bowling alley is home to 150 bowling balls. All but one of them were stolen overnight. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of sociopath? Like, I can understand stealing all the bowling balls, but why do you leave one? Oh, had- Just to taunt them. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, have a fun game with your buddies with this one ball. <laughs> they pass it from lane to lane and take turns. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's one of those 16-pounders that, in spite of being incredibly heavy, has tiny finger holes. <laughs> I mean, there's so many elements to it that are just disturbing like i'm you know there wasn't anything else stolen at the bowl and, and you guys are familiar with bowling alleys you know there's tvs that yeah. tell you the score i'm sure there's lots of things in the bowling alley of more value than 150 yeah. used bowling there's, balls there's generally a fully stocked bar you know? <laughs> but some sort of sicko Go and and it's not the e- they're not the easiest things to steal, you know. It's like stealing <laughs> yeah, a you, grand piano or a bunch of anvils. You have to make you know? a lot of trips to get all those balls out of the bowling alley. All the police have to do is look for the car riding really low <laughs> it, yeah. or sagging like, in the back. Hey, did that car just bottom out on the speed bump? <laughs> <laughs> but what what you're saying though, Jesse, is that someone basically there this may set off a rash of people stealing things that are hilarious to drop on cartoon characters heads (laughs) you have to uh you have to be on the lookout as you said for grand piano thieves anvil thieves and safe thieves and the terrifying thing with the safe thieves is how do you lock up your safe (laughs) what what do you put it in well, one of the other disturbing things is that when the Chimpocalypse does happen, which I believe we are on the eve of the Chimpocalypse, mm-hmm. but when it does happen, there will be few safe means of pure recreation. Uh, as we've seen in numerous movies, monkeys can play baseball. Okay, uh, uh, I'm sure they are proficient at basketball and football because I've seen them in football uniforms. But I think bowling will be one of our only, you know, temporal escapes from the horrors of the chimpocalypse. And now people are going stealing all the bowling balls. So it does not look good for humanity at this point. Maybe maybe it's the chimpanzees stealing the bowling balls to lower our morale, and it's a, a form of psychological warfare. <laughs> They're defeating us emotionally as well as physically. Um, I have a random slice. I mean, it's not super interesting, but we've all heard of people that will scale buildings, you know? Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, whatever. Like chimpanzees. Like chimpanzees. Right. They're human climbing monkeys. Well, there's this guy, they call him the French Spider-Man, and he just... Cl- barehanded on this past Tuesday without any ropes or anything scaled a 73 story Hong Kong skyscraper. I don't understand how he does that. I just wanted any, you guys know how he does it. <laughs> I don't get it. C- c- collusion with chimps. That's yeah. how he does it. I, what is it with, and this probably sounds horribly ignorant, but I just saw a man on, on wire. What is it with the French and climbing big stuff? <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. It's their thing. I, I didn't either until I saw that film. But they make it out to be like he discovered, you know, the cure, the cure for polio or something. Like he did like a great thing by walking a tightrope for 45 minutes. Yeah, oh. this guy uh, says he hopes his climb will bring attention to the world's environmental problems. <laughs> That's how, yeah, the, that's right. how the French I can, solve things. I can things. see the connection. By looking up? 
Climb buildings. It'll save the world. Yeah. People are like, who's that guy on that building? Wow, there's a lot of smog. We <laughs> <laughs> should do something well, about that. I, I have another European-related one, and this one happened in Italy, which to most Americans, that's the same thing as France. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're both over there somewhere. Um, one looks like a one, shoe. Yeah, one of them shaped like a high heel. That's all I know. <laughs> and I really like pizza, thanks to one of those countries. <laughs> um they have a whole leaning tower of it. <laughs> wow, I want to wow. climb it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to see, see how they like it when we're climbing their buildings. <laughs> well, there's too many people did. That's why it's leaning. Well, you know, if some American tried to do that, they'd be like, oh, these obnoxious Americans climbing buildings, you know? But when the French do it, it's like this heroic thing, you know? It's a statement. <laughs> I hope we don't get too many emails. Well, I won't get them. You guys will get them, so no big deal. <laughs> we need to set up You want to go ahead and give out Jesse's uh, email address? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he's like, no big deal, so... <laughs> oh boy okay well i guess that'll do it for slices and your heed to humanity <laughs> up next seabird my bed's too big for just me when you turn your eyes i promise i won't care oh standing by your sister fair oh baby 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 please my heart sings to You're listening to Ra Ra Riot. The song is Can You Tell? Can you tell it's Ra Ra Riot? <laughs> I can. It's playing right now over at relevant.tv. Can you tell? There it is again. <laughs> you have a freaking chihuahua in your room, Adam. Oh, oh, yes. I, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Adam's got a, he's got a little side job. He's breeding chihuahuas under his belt. <laughs> <laughs> There's a chihuahua farm in the corner of the room. <laughs> it's incredibly unsanitary and unhumane conditions, but hey, everyone's got everyone's got to pay the bills. Yeah, what with the economy and it, this current state, he gives them boxes of wine, and all I can say is, watch your ankles. <laughs> um, okay, well, monkeys are scared of chihuahuas, so he's just breeding them left and right. <laughs> yeah. They chase him up trees. Yeah, that was the answer to the riddle from two or three episodes ago of how do you contain monkeys in a confined area? You just breed a bunch of chihuahuas. <laughs> to took it wings. literally. Chihuahuas are like monkey sheepdogs. <laughs> Please let that be the quote at the end. <laughs> and a t-shirt. And the name of like a band's next album. <laughs> or, or just create a band called Monkey Sheepdogs. And the album is Chihuahua. <laughs> Hey man, what do you do? Dude, the monkey sheepdogs are in town. Awesome. I just picked up chihuahuas and that was hot. <laughs> monkey sheepdog. Currently touring with monkey sheepdogs is Seabird. <laughs> Seabird's uh, new album or current album is Till We See the Shore. You may remember them from previous podcast episodes, such as our um, about a year ago, our yeah. five year anniversary party. The guys came down. 
I guess it was when their EP was just releasing, and they performed here live. We played a, a little bit of that for you. Uh, this was a very different experience because this was a little bit more intimate. Uh, they came back through. They're on the road. They're touring right now. Their, their full-length album that's out nationwide is called Till We See the Shore. You can visit them at seabirdmusic.com. And here is a live in-studio performance by none other than Seabird. I'm pushing them daisies. I wish they were roses. I feel like I'm drowning, but nobody knows it. I'm pushing them daisies. I wish they were roses. I feel like I'm dying. Just want you to know it. And somehow the grave has captured me. Show me the man I used to be. Just when I feel my breath is running out, the earth moves and you find me. Alive but unworthy, broken and empty. But you don't care, cause you are my rapture. You are my savior. When all my hope is gone, I reach for. Don't see that room soon This might be my last prayer And somehow the grave has captured me Show me the man I used to be Just when I feel my breath is running out The earth moves and you find me Alive but unworthy Broken and empty But you don't I'm dying, just want you to 
You're listening to Seabird. Uh, stay tuned. Up later, we're going to have another song by the guys. Recently, Dylan interviewed Michael Now. Michael's a former lead singer of Paige France and just released an album with his new project, Cotton Jones. The album's called Paranoid Cocoon. Uh, maybe that's referring to something monkey related. I don't know. Yeah, the album's called Paranoid Cocoon. It's available at iTunes and online at myspace.com slash the Cotton Jones Basket Ride. Here is Cotton Jones. new project cotton jones i really like it is it a page taken from the book of page france or or is this your new thing is cotton jones your new thing oh uh, well it's, it's a little bit of both i guess you know a lot of the same people are involved um that were involved with page france but uh i guess there's a lot of newness to it and it's it's what we're doing now there was another project that you did a while back. It was called the Broadway Hush. Is this any different from that? Yeah, that that was mostly just um, Whitney singing some songs, just some some random songs that we had, had written. I, I think there's some of that in here too. Whitney's doing a lot more singing on this stuff than she did on the uh, in the Page France records. So uh, I guess it's kind of a uh, hybrid of, of the two. You know, I saw Paige France, I saw you guys play one time, but it was actually at the Cornerstone Festival a couple years ago. So it was, you know, it was in the thick of all the Christian hardcore and punk and all that stuff. And to tell you the truth, uh, when I saw you guys, you, at least to me, you seemed a little bit out of place there. How did that end up? How did you guys end up playing Cornerstone? Uh, I don't really know how it worked out. We, we were just offered, um, offered a spot and, uh, yeah, we did it, and it was a good time. You know, it was, uh, I wasn't real sure what to expect. I had grown up knowing a lot about that festival, and like actually, as a as a youngster, always wanted to uh, wanted to go to it. So this was kind of our opportunity to see what it was all about. Would Cotton Jones ever ever go to Cornerstone? You think? Uh, I don't know. I don't really have a reason not to. Yeah, I guess I felt like you were a little out of place because, um, you know, since Cornerstone is such a uh, primarily a Christian festival, and I, I I know in Page France, you know, a lot of the lyrics you've written, Michael, are kind of religiously loaded. You have the song Jesus and, and some of these things, but they're a little more, I've always thought they were a little more indirect, and they wouldn't really work well in that, that Christian market. Do you feel the same way? Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it felt kind of natural to me, like, growing up, I... I had like a, a pretty religious sense around me as a child, and so I, you know, I was familiar with all of that, and that's why I think you know why it was pretty natural for me to write the way I did and the way I do. And 
so I, I, I don't know. It felt, I felt like what we were, what we were doing, you know, it was a good thing to, to be there. I, you know, there were maybe some people that, that could get into what we were doing, like the same way, you know, growing, growing up, I really, really got into Pedro the Lion. And I think that kind of, you know, that, I felt that way about that stuff, but it never really seemed, you know, too out of place that it didn't make sense to me. Your music is appealing to the same sort of crowd as uh, Page of the Lions would, maybe Christian people who are trying to sort things out, or at this point now, even agnostic people who are interested in maybe spirituality or Christianity. You know, I really don't know. I, I, I guess it, you know that would that would depend on how a person listens to it. You know, I think it's you know each listener has. I, I think, you know, got something a little different out of it and whether it's been uh interpreted in a different way than it's presented or uh just like, you know, got it the way that the way that I I had hoped. But it's just been I I think with Cotton Jones it's built more around the sounds, you know, more so than just like a staccato beat that goes on for a while with some lyrics around it and uh so I think there's more, you know, with this there's more to more to choose from more to pick from as a listener. What's the plans for Page France from this point on? Um, I don't know. There really are no plans. I, I, I you know, I'm not real sure what uh, what the future holds with, with that. It's just kind of, this has been a natural step that we've taken and you know like I said a lot of the same people are involved and it's a little it, it's pretty loose you know people come and go everyone has their things going on but this is something that uh, Whitney and I you know are trying to do uh, on you know as much as possible what are you trying to accomplish you know through your through your art through your music is there anything direct that you're trying to do or do you prefer to have the lines blurred like I'm perceiving well I think that you know the lines are blurred because it you know I think it's a blurry thing to me as well like uh, that's why you know that's why all of that you know the Pedro like I I connected a lot to like Dave Bazan like growing up listening to music and it was it just kind of made sense to me the way that I the things that I was uncomfortable with with uh, you know religion and and spirituality the things that I you know, 
I think there's a there's a sense of wonderment. You know, some of these songs, you know, just kind of wrote themselves lyrically, and there's not a. I'm not really trying to say anything. It's just kind of some lyrics and melodies that have happened to go along with uh, the music that actually kind of came first this time around, which is something new for me. So what, what's your hope for uh, Cotton Jones? I know you released some EPs, and the upcoming full length is coming out, I believe it's next month. Um, are you going to go on tour with it? Yeah, we're going to do a little tour in March. Uh, I think we're out for about three weeks in March, and and then we're we're you know we're we're starting to work on some new music, and we're just kind of uh, taking a casual approach. It's been pretty refreshing, and trying to get on the road, you know, as much as possible. We're in a, uh, about I think seven of us are going to be out uh, on this tour, and so it should be a, an energizing time for all of us. And then we'll get back and and work on some you know, the next record or whatever it may be and uh, continue to tour as, you know, as opportunities come about. Do the different projects uh, vary based on just the way the music turns out or do you kind of look at an idea and say, you know, I want to make some music like this, maybe I want to try some of these things, so it's going to have to be a different project from Paige France or it's going to have to be different from Cotton Jones or do you just go in with Whitney and whoever else and and make whatever music is being made and then figure it out afterwards? Well, it, it has been, up to this point, it's been more of a, uh, you know, there's been more of a destination. Uh, but, but you know, with Cotton Jones, for some, some reason or other, it, it has been really laid back, and it's just felt comfortable letting it happen and watching it happen. And now, you know, there are more hands involved than there were at the start of Cotton Jones, so it's it's just been an... It's still a very evolving process. It's fascinating you know, that that I'm able to just kind of like sit back and like watch it happen now more so than I feel like I've ever been able to, and that's that's allowed me to to be more more laid back about it and casual and feel it out a little more than than being so connected to you know what a what the initial destination was and just uh, you know and then at the end of the day there's there's something that's been created and then you, you kind of move on to the next thing at your own pace, and that's that's how Cotton Jones has been working, and it's been really refreshing for me. Again, you can check out Cotton Jones at myspace.com slash the Cotton Jones Basket Ride. The album is called Paranoid Cocoon, and it's available nationwide and at iTunes. Check it out. listening to Alila Diane. The song is As White as Diamonds. That's a good clarity if it's white. 
You don't want no. It, no. You don't want it white. You want it clear. No, you want it clear. You don't want it cloudy white. Adam, yeah. you you just bought one. I did. Uh, <laughs> mine was was clear. Was yours murky at all? <laughs> Any visible no, cracks or specks? No, 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 no murkiness. No, uh, no, no visible cracks that I could tell. Um, I did buy it out of the the boot of a car, so I'm not you know not entirely sure. You know, that's 100% legit. Uh, but it, it appears to be okay. Good. No murkiness. Uh, Alila Diane, as White as Diamonds, is playing right now over at Relevant.tv. So, in true SNL fashion, here is song two from Seabird. Sing again 
Once again, you can get Seabird's current album, Till We See the Shore, at iTunes and retailers nationwide, or find out more at seabirdmusic.com. One day, we're gonna live. You're listening to Friendly Fires. The song is Paris, and it's playing right now over at Relevant.tv. Are you sick of me saying that yet? You say it a lot. Go visit Relevant TV. Maybe I won't have to say it as much. That's all I'm saying. Okay, now it's time for your feedback. Uh, let's see. When we were last together, we, we were talking about the fact that Wikipedia is closing its doors to um, general public editing, and right. they're going to filter that. So we thought quickly before the gate slams shut, we need to uh, make Jesse Carey a Wikipedia page. <laughs> so we wanted to ask you guys what we should add to Jesse's Wikipedia page. Uh, so here are some of your suggestions. Aiko Martin wrote in from the Aloha State... He says, Aloha. a little known fact about Jesse Carey is that much of his insecurity as an adult stems from some <laughs> deep-seated, unresolved jealousy issues centered on his older monkey brother, Sammy. Well, well-known Jesse Carey quote, quote, all I wanted was a birthday cake. Was that really too much to ask? Jesse Carey is portrayed by Stephen Baldwin in the made-for-TV Lifetime Network movie, Sammy and Me, a true story of a boy, a monkey, and sibling betrayal, a heartfelt <laughs> yet heartbreaking coming-of-age life story. That's from uh, Gabe Martin. So. And you know, you know, the irony of that is that the monkey actor that per- portrays Sammy in the film actually turns on Stephen Baldwin shortly after production. <laughs> I think because monkey story. actors are the worst kinds of monkeys. Well, I think every co-star of Stephen Baldwin has turned on him after production. <laughs> at some, at some yes. Yeah. <laughs> the monkey is just extra savage. Andre Mauerman wrote in. Mauerman. Um, true fact about Jesse. He has an addiction to toggy bars. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely. One fateful trip to the movie theater sealed that. <laughs> uh, Kristen Diesel wrote in. No lie. That's her name. Uh, says, I just caught the podcast and feel like I need to shed light a light on some, some things. She says, first of all, on behalf of diesels everywhere, I'd like to remind the world that Vin is not a real diesel. There is an inerrant greatness that comes along with the last name that enables, <laughs> quote, my people to do great things like make expensive jeans, shoes, and engines that can occasionally run on veggie oil. Unfortunately, though, bad and awkward things happen when you try to be a diesel and you're not really ready for it, like watching a kid with a fire hose. Um, before Vin took on the Diesel name, I read on Wikipedia that he was a highly acclaimed Shakespearean actor. However, no. since he tacked on the Diesel name, I'm pretty sure we can all agree that his best performance has been The Pacifier. <laughs> the same can be said for Shaq. That guy was a great basketball player and pretty much attained visual perfection in Kazam, but who remembers Shaq Diesel's 1993 rap album? Oh. And it wasn't and wasn't there a pro wrestler named Diesel? Who knows? Like I said, unfortunate and awkward things happen. We try to be something you're not. But speaking 
speaking of perfection, the other day I was reading Modern History of Contortionism and was surprised to see Jesse <laughs> Carey's name. According, according to the book, in 1992, Jesse performed the Happy Days Retirement Home and changed the art of bending oneself forever. Apparently, the act that seamlessly fused the art of miming with contortion. The spectacle started with Jesse doing the classic mime in a box act and shocked the crowd by ending with Jesse actually folding himself into a real one-by-one box. <laughs> that is from I, I, Kristen Diesel, and she included a photo, which is disturbing. She big and strong. <laughs> it's of Jesse's act at the retirement center. Oh, it's- Can I just say that I purposely left those days behind me? <laughs> yeah, and and yet when we were both in the office, Jesse used to constantly walk up to my desk with one leg behind his head. It was more like hopping up to my desk, but he would do it just, I mean, there was no reason for it at all. And he'd be asking very serious questions, but it would be really, really distracting. Yeah, many times Uh, Adam would pull into the parking lot in the morning and he would look out his his rear windshield and see me standing there with one leg behind my head, just staring. Just staring. staring. I had been waiting, fighting all morning. And it, and it would Most seem of that the night. Yeah. It, it it was always on hot pants Fridays that you would do this. <laughs> Wait a second. Okay, yeah. I just opened another one. Chris Lee wrote in. Did I miss a joke? Because it says uh, I thought I just thought that his talking about Jesse now his wiki. I just thought that his self discovery of his limberness to be a contortionist <laughs> needs to be concluded included. Really? Remember in early college he discovered his contorting skills. Also, instead of getting people to make balloon animals at parties, Jesse was hired all over the country to contort his body into animal shapes. He perfected the giraffe and dog as mere balloonists would, but he was so good he could contort his body to look like chickens, porcupines, Sonic the Hedgehog, and for Monty Python fans he could even do the African swallow. He became one of the nation's leading contortionists, and I think it's worthy to note that his for his wiki page. Is there something online about Jesse Carey's... Con- is he a famous contortionist? Well, Cameron, they're saying it because it's true. Yeah. I, and guys, I would really... I, I'm getting uncomfortable. I'm very, I'm getting uncomfortable right now. And not because I have Why both you legs. Both legs behind <laughs> your head? Pinned behind my head. That's actually quite comfortable. That's a whole other kind of discomfort. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, this is just too disturbing. But apparently, uh, it's, we're two or more agree in, in Christ's name he is there and two or more agree that Jesse was a contortionist so we right. will put it on his it, Wikipedia it's interest. in there for sure and I, and I guess there's photographic evidence apparently and it is disturbing she put little black bar over the eyes of, of you in the picture um, anyway alright well alright so that'll do it for your feedback here is this week's editorial question of the week Editorial question of the week. Hey. So uh, earlier, Jesse pointed out th- the most epic band name ever. What was it? Monkey Sheepdog. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, and then the, uh, their debut album is Chihuahua. Right, Chihuahua. Their, their Grammy award-winning album, <laughs> Chihuahua by Monkey Sheepdog. And it got us thinking about other epic band names. And uh, we thought that'd be a good editorial question. You guys write in to feedback at relevantmagazine.com and tell us your epic band name idea, their landmark album, their breakthrough album. Mm-hmm. And then maybe if you want to provide a little wiki genre information, track listing, 
you know, any of those extra perks, you know, kind of maybe a little VH1 behind the music. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Maybe, yeah, a kind of an E True Hollywood story, like a one sentence of their rise and epic, epic fall. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they were all climbing a a building (laughs) with no, no safety (laughs) to raise awareness about their new album. Well, okay. anyway, so write in to uh, feedback at relevantmagazine.com and tell us your band name of choice. Okay, I guess on that note, that'll wrap things up. Many thanks to Seabird for coming through. Remember, their new album is called Till We See the Shore. It's available now on iTunes and stores nationwide. You can check them out at seabirdmusic.com. And also thanks to uh, Michael Now former lead singer of Paige France and currently with Cotton Jones. You can check out Cotton Jones. The debut album is Paranoid Cocoon. It's at myspace.com slash the Cotton Jones Basket Ride. All right. Well, I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Adam Smith. I'm Jesse Carey. We'll see you next week. Chihuahuas are like monkey sheepdogs.